Welcome to Season 4 of E-Commerce Fastlane. This podcast helps resilient entrepreneurs thrive with Shopify. And now, on to Episode 128. You're listening to E-Commerce Fastlane, the podcast show to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company powered by Shopify. Listen to real conversations with partners and subject matter experts as they share proven practical strategies, platforms, and the best Shopify apps to help you accelerate your business. The time is now for you to improve efficiencies, grow revenue, profit, and lifetime customer loyalty. Please welcome your host, startup founder and strategic advisor, Steve Hutt. This episode is brought to you by LimeSpot, the leading AI product recommendation software solution for high growth brands. Their all-in-one platform helps you acquire and convert customers by creating targeted experiences on and off-site. Brands that use LimeSpot see an average increase in revenue of 20 to 28% very compelling. They're able to showcase highly relevant products and deliver higher conversions than competitors by leveraging the largest independent AI data set of over 100 billion signals, combining product data, consumer behavior, and trend analysis. The result is deeper engagement, higher average order value, increased revenue, and strong return on ad spend. LimeSpot uses that data to create a customized on-site experience for each shopper throughout their journey, from landing or homepage, through product pages, cart experience, and post-purchase, using recommendations targeted to each customer based on product information, shopper information, and intent. In addition, the platform allows you to layer on targeted experiences based on sophisticated segmentation, giving you the power to personalize emails, collections, upsells, and more based on purchase history, behavior on the website, and customer insight. And that's not all. LimeSpot's newest offering is a very unique Google Shopping solution, the first of its kind in the market. The solution uses AI to enrich the attributes shared with Google, pre-validates, and automates your feed and passes through product and audience targeting information from your website. The result is higher discoverability and average improvement in return on ad spend of 10 to 26x. Absolutely amazing. From Google Shopping to personalized product recommendations and emails and on-site, LimeSpot ensures every customer has a unique and customized experience. Smart brands truly understand that creating a personalized experience is critical to driving both sales and lifetime value. Get started with LimeSpot today and turn shoppers into buyers. You can check them out at LimeSpot.com. Hey there, it's Steve, and welcome back to the e-commerce Fastlane podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, this is an e-commerce show where we have honest and transparent conversations about building and thriving with your store powered by Shopify or Shopify Plus. New episodes are available twice weekly with your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and many more. You can also stream content uh, currently live, very relevant back catalog also directly from ecommercefastlane.com. I also highly recommend that you sign up for my new free SMS texting community, and it really is an incredible opportunity to have direct access to me. There's no hidden agendas, there's no distractions, it's just honest two-way communication that's direct, it's instant to me, 
directly to my phone, just real conversations about growth uh, and Shopify um, and just helping improve efficiencies and just getting more revenue. I just love giving back to the Shopify entrepreneurial community. And, you know, if being on the front lines of this commerce revolution is for you, you can text me now at 604-210-4199. That's 604-210-4199. Now, my guest in today's episode is Chase Clymer, who is the agency owner from a company called Electric Eye. He's also a fellow podcaster, and we'll dig into that in a few minutes. Electric Eye, what he does and his team essentially is they create Shopify-powered sales machines, literally. They help direct-to-consumer brands from strategic design to development to helping with all the marketing decisions to grow a brand. And like I said, he's a podcast host. He owns a company called Honest E-Commerce. It's doing extremely well. It's a weekly podcast and he provides a lot of online store owners with some honest and some actionable advice to really help increase their sales and grow their businesses. So very noteworthy, highly recommend. Look them up, Honest E-Commerce in Apple or on Spotify and make sure you subscribe to his show. So hi, Chase. Welcome to E-Commerce Fastlane. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're, you're definitely a pro at doing the intros and uh, I, I took some notes listening to you just now to improve ours. There's some people likely that don't know maybe your podcast yet or they don't know what Electric Eye does, how you fit into the Shopify ecosystem as, a, as an expert and as a partner. So let's talk about some of the problems that you're currently solving for a lot of Shopify brands. So Electric Eye is an agency and we strictly only work with the Shopify technology. A, an easy way that we like to let people know whether or not it's kind of in our wheelhouse is like, does it directly integrate with Shopify? If so, we probably have some level of expertise around it. And then we've kind of niched down a bit further to only be doing really design dev stuff. So really on the UX side, really looking at the conversion rate. That's really fun. Uh, and then also on the marketing and advertising side. So we, we have a paid media specialist on the team. So we're doing things on Facebook and Google. And we also have a very strategic mindset. We're taking a lot of challenges trying to raise AOV or raise lifetime value. And those are the super fun projects that we get to tackle. Most engagements start a little bit small with some strategy. And then you know maybe it's a big web design where, again, the focus is not... Well, while we're producing a beautiful result, you know, making an awesome, sexy website, the actual result is it needs to make sales. It needs to be ROI positive for the client. And that's the end goal here. Because if they're making money, they're going to want to work with us longer. So that's kind of the name of the game. So let's talk about your journey. I'm always fascinated why people build what they build, why they choose to get into agency work, why they choose the platforms and the partners they choose to align themselves with. So let's talk about what uniquely positions you, number one, to have the desire to want to be involved in, in commerce? And number two, how have you built this expertise over time in this really complex world of e-commerce? The short answer is like most agency owners, it happened by accident. Me and my partner kind of had a half a dozen clients in the ecosystem and that's how the agency was born. The long answer is I've always been drawn to computers and technology. I remember being younger, uh, learning HTML and like building out these weird websites, you know, GeoCities and, uh, and MySpace layouts back then. And then as, as I kind of matured and got older, I actually had a... I wouldn't call it a career, but I wasted a couple years uh, in a band. And that was really fun, but it didn't pay the bills. So the whole time I was doing that, I was freelancing, I was hustling, and I was you know learning a lot of marketing and advertising and layout design and getting more and more kind of into the money is the way some people approach it as like I was learning how to 
create results for clients while I was touring the country to, you know, I had to pay my bills. So I was learning all this cool stuff and the band kind of hung up our hat. I started to get more into digital. And at that point, I was kind of freelancing, didn't really have a niche. And my partner left his company. So he was one of the first hires at an e-commerce brand called Homage. Uh, and they are a huge brand on uh, Shopify, actually. So he left there and he's the guy that introduced me to the Shopify ecosystem. Previous to that, I was kind of in the WordPress ecosystem when I was building websites, but I was kind of not really as focused. And once Sean introduced me to Shopify and introduced me to e-commerce, my fear of e-commerce was like, I don't want to screw someone's website up and ruin their sales. That was like that was terrifying to me. <laughs> but then he introduced me to Shopify and it just worked and it was almost impossible for us to be, you know, noodling around cowboy coding as people refer to it sometimes. It was pretty hard for us to break stuff. So then I was at this cool crossroads where I was I was always working towards getting closer to the money and helping people have ROI. And then like e-commerce, it's it's all math and it's all ROI and you can really measure your impact. And it became really fun. So we started tackling some projects together and boom, we have an agency. Now five years later, we got a team of six. We're about to hire a seventh. It's been a wild ride. So let's talk about some of the issues. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. And I know commerce in general, like especially, you know, I guess traditional retail brands are certainly migrating their other way over to shop, trying to, I guess, own their direct-to-consumer, their just whole initiative, instead of maybe in a wholesale business, um, trying to figure out, well, how can I own the whole customer journey? I have quite a few brands, certainly in apparel, that I may have talked to you uh, previously about this, the fact that, you know, 80% of their revenue was going to wholesale to a lot of the large major retailers, and this is a major brand, and they lost so much uh, over the last six months in revenue, but they also were resilient enough to think about it and said, hey, wait a second, these are obstacles that are in the way right now that we really can't affect what's happening in the world, but what we can do is, is how we choose to think about it and how we can take action on it. And so they decided to own the direct-to-consumer journey they decided to really make some impactful changes. There's lots of great stories out there about what brands have done that were in traditional wholesale market with a small dabbling in direct-to-consumer and then versus the pivot of, no, no, we're going to own the whole customer journey. Yes, we're still going to do wholesale when retail continues to open up, but what can we do to own that customer um, and have a website that has a great experience? So let's talk about some of, I guess, from your perspective, because you deal, you've been doing this for a long time. Like You have a lot of, of insights, I think, about what some of, the biggest issues that you see startup brands are facing today? Yeah. I mean, I kind of just want to go back to that whole concept of owning the customer journey. So, you know, we can't really have a conversation about what's been going on without, you know, the elephant in the room, COVID. So when that hit, it wasn't just e-commerce brands. It wasn't just kind of legacy mall brands. It was everybody. And the one thing that tied everyone together was they were scared to make the transition to DTC. A perfect example here is restaurants. Most restaurants were focused on quality, and customer service, and the majority of their marketing was kind of location-based. So when you pulled that away, these people realized they didn't actually own that customer. They had no way to communicate with that customer. A side effect, and I would actually say a blessing in disguise if you could ever look at it this way, is it moved all of these brands that were stuck in their way, restaurants, you know, mall brands, etc., that were stuck in their way of it has always been this way and this is how it is. 
And they're like, well, now it can't be like that. We have to think outside the box. It forced them to mature, to learn about these crazy cool opportunities that existed in the ecosystem and kind of pivot. So now you're seeing these cool technologies come out where you know there are restaurants that have texting lines and there are brands that are doing kind of like a hybrid approach where you can shop online and curbside pickup. Like it was just such a giant inflection point that came from a really terrible thing. But it's really cool to see all these cool new amazing tactics that are entering the ecosystem. That I wanted to talk about a bit, but then I know I just completely ignored your actual question. That's a great comment to make, I think, because that, that's exactly what's happening. That's that's the realities of what we're living in right now. But these early stage brands, I guess, is what I'm trying to, I guess, pull out of you is that how do people find, I'd almost talk a product market fit, like, because I think there's some really early stage people that are listening today that just, they, they know the long-term benefits of being involved in e-commerce. They just maybe haven't found the right product or they just, ha- you know, just, or their positionings. I just love to hear it from your perspective. So here's the honest truth. Nobody is going to help you find product market fit. There's a lot of people that will take your money and say they'll help you. Consultants up to agencies. There are good and bad people all over the place and really take a hard look at who you're working with. But if you are pre-launch and you haven't found product market fit yet, you're still dabbling with your product ideas. If you are trying to just kind of get into this space, number one thing I need to tell you is that it's hard there's no free lunch. You have to work for it. That's why I made my podcast. That's why it's called Honesty Commerce. Is I was sick and tired of seeing these scam artists out there. And I was like, I do this every day. I mean, we have an amazing agency. We have made millions and millions of dollars for our clients. I know what I'm talking about. And I don't have a brand because I haven't found a product that I believe in, that the market believes in, like a physical product. Like our service is our product at the agency, and we're really good at that. But like, that's something that I see that like the other side of the, you know, the fence is out, the grass is always greener. If you're just getting into this, it's hard work. You got to work at it. And when you're a younger business, you've got way more time than money and you need to be focusing on educating yourself and learning things. And at the end of the day is you just need to get out there and get feedback from actual customers, not your friends, not your family, actual people. Try to get actual other human beings to buy your product. Ignore paid media at first completely. You need to focus on crafting the right message, crafting the right offer. Because you could have a product. It could be the same product as someone else. But the way that they position it and they market it and they talk about it, it could be flying off the shelves. And yours couldn't because they've figured out how to communicate the value of that product to their ideal customer. That's the hard stuff there. So it's communicating with these customers at front at the first when you kind of find what product that you want to work with. And all of this stuff, again, I'm, no one's going to help you do that. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of communication with with new customers and, and potential customers and, and asking Socratic questions. Why, 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 why? And you'll, start, you'll see some patterns and you'll understand how to educate them better. And that's the hard part of going from zero to one. And I just think that's the hardest part of starting an e-commerce business in general is going from zero to one. I'd add a little hack that I learned along the way for those listening today that are in their early stage and they want to get involved. There's a lot of retailers in your local markets that have some really cool products. They're the ones that are already importing them or they're manufacturing them locally. Um, you know, the Buy America kind of thing that's happening right now or Buy Canadian. There's some opportunities out there right now where local retailers, not very e-commerce savvy, you come in 
start a Shopify $20, $30 a month, grab a free theme, learn all this. Like This is a learning process, but grab a few of their products or as you said, grab one of them and reposition that, hey, you're going to be the new artisan leather bag marketplace. And you happen to find this leather bag retailer that has lots of leather bags available. That's just kind of what their shtick is. But they're more of a local legacy kind of a partner in that city they live in. And they're, they have little to no e-commerce. And you come in and saying, hey, I'm considering to start a brand in leather handbags. I want a curated selection. You have a lot of great selection. Do you offer any wholesale opportunities for me? I'd like to build a website. It's a win-win for both of us. And let me test this out. Don't spend too much time. I definitely agree the paid ad is that's out. It's literally take all the free opportunities you have uh, through social media um, and building your own list, creating some kind of a viral kind of buzz around, you know, Worst case, I'd give away a product, you know, through some kind of a sweepstakes or something to build your social media, to build your email list um, and get people to start buying the product. Really, it's a dropship arrangement. Then it starts positioning yourself as, hey, wait a sec, I really do enjoy handbags. These guys have great stuff, but they're just not casting a wide enough net. Then from there, it opens up more dialogue. Well, what else could I sell that's available directly or do I have it manufactured? Do I create my own brand? Like, there's so much opportunity out there. Yeah, and then there's... Something to be said about if you're just getting into e-commerce, avoiding starting your own business at first. If you want to get into this game, there are brands of all sizes, businesses of all sizes that need help. And there are different ways to look at this, but some people will pay you to learn. If you go, I see that you guys aren't doing email. I want to learn email very well. Like I will run your email for you for free or for cheap until I get better at it. And you know that's a great way to learn foundational element of starting a brand is like that customer communication through email. That is a way to level up your skill set before making the investment into, you know, owning stock, not stock, but like having stock of product, which is essentially just parking your cash somewhere. That's the the early stage. Um, let's assume that uh, we kind of move along that journey and we're starting to get some traction, some sales. Maybe we're almost at the point revenue wise where we're moving to Shopify Plus. And there's, you know, a lot of value add that you get with the Shopify Plus platform. What's the number one issue that you see as brands move along their growth trajectory and now they're getting into the scale part of their business? That's kind of where our agency starts to come in. And these are more or less our ideal customers. And so we're doing this every week. We're talking to new brands about this stuff. And the number one issue, and this is by far by multi it's probably twice as common that this is the number one issue than any other issue that we've we talked to customers about is they don't have a system built to their business for producing quality content on a repeatable way. Why I say that is that they're just not producing video and photo enough. There's a million ways to do it. You can have an agency that does it for you. You can have a freelancer that does it for you. You could have it in-house, you could have a partnership with somebody. Like there's a million ways to do it. It's just build the system and you need constant content. Content is king. That's still a real thing. You need that content because you're going to use it everywhere. So first, you know, when people are in that scaling stage, they're usually on some free or premium theme that's been mutilated over the years to get them to the point that they're at now. So you're inheriting a bunch of technical debt. And usually at that stage, if you're going to move to Plus, it's probably around the same time that you're going to Finally, make the jump to getting a custom-made, like tailored theme to your brand that's going to be lightning fast, and it's going to talk specifically to your customers and have a journey that's unique to your brand. And you're going to need amazing content to make an amazing website. So many times, people reach out and they're like, 
yeah, like we love Allbirds and we love Nike and we love Adidas. Like these are great websites. And we're like, yeah, the, do you, have you see all this content? Where is that content? Do you have that content? Because <laughs> a website's just like a framework to hold beautiful stuff. Right. <laughs> That's so true. You look at uh, like another good example uh, is Gymshark. They're you know massive Shopify Plus brand. Their content engine is just incredible. Not to mention all the brand ambassadors and athletes and influencers that get involved with all of that creator content they have, and they get rights to all that content to redo social ads. Like it was quite an engine that starts flowing. Yeah, that's a great way to speak to it is you need a content engine and it needs to be it's like kind of like talking about once you get the flywheel started things just keep going and keep happening it will make your marketers extremely happy you got this figured out right and then you're producing awesome content so you can use that content on your socials you can use that content in your email messaging you can use that content in your paid advertising there is a figure out there and i forget where i got this from but the brands that are getting the highest returns on paid advertising through Facebook and Instagram are producing 15 times more content than those that are you know, not seeing the results. That doesn't surprise me just because of the fire hose of social right now and just getting worse as more and more people get online. It's hard to get attention. Hence the reason why text messaging is working so well. That's why I have a text message community. Just because it gets sometimes it gets stuck in your email sometimes and you're not getting the attention of the customer. I think that's the benefits of creating lots of content, you know, being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And then I think user-generated content is really helping the authentic uh, nature of sharing, you know, what the real person is actually using your product and what it's actually like. It's fun to test that stuff in a paid element because you'd be surprised at how, you know, we're talking about producing quality content, but then at the same time, UGC is like usually very organic and off the cuff and like sometimes bad quality. But sometimes those things just make so much money because it's so real. It just resonates with the people that you're showing these ads to. So let's uh, pivot a bit to the business now is flowing along, product market fit, a little bit of growth happening here. I think the next thing that I like to talk about a lot is about KPIs or just winning KPIs. How do we figure out what these key performance indicators are? I'll ask you a question a bit, but I want to set the stage a bit about steps, I guess, of finding winning KPIs. And for me, it really starts with a strategy, like really at the highest level, like what is your business trying to accomplish and what's the overall goal? You know, I think that's the strategy of, of, of a KPI and then really aligning your numbers you know, and getting very specific on the KPIs that you're tracking and then defining some action. Great. You have these important numbers in these important KPIs. Where am I today? Where am I going? And then what's the action? Like what, what sort of strategy or tactic am I implementing to improve these KPIs? And then what's the most important thing is how are you tracking and just keep improving. So I'll flip it back to you and saying, so since you deal with a lot of marketing strategy with a lot of brands, what are some of the top KPIs that you like to investigate with your clients? The first is there are a lot of KPIs and people don't know what they don't know. And there are certain goals with most brands, but they all kind of resonate back to it's like, it's usually gross revenue is like kind of the, the true north of most brands. They're like, we did a million dollars last year. Like we want to do like one and a half or two million dollars this year, right? It's pretty simple goals, but again, the cool thing about e-commerce is you can reverse engineer all these numbers, right? So, uh, what Electric Eye has been doing lately, uh, and we've been doing this for about two years now, and I'm building a whole framework around it actually, and I'm actually doing a course for Shopify on this, uh, and it'll be free on Shopify Compass. 
uh, once I get it done. So hopefully it's done before this comes out. We'll see. But it's all about this brand scaling framework that I'm building. And it focuses on three main KPIs. And why I chose these is because it gets you very close to the statistical average of what your gross revenue is going to be for the year or for the month. Again, it's all just math. Well, let me just kind of like break into the numbers and show you how it works. And then I'm sure you'll have a bunch of questions for me. So there are three KPIs that matter that can get you to your gross revenue for whatever the time frame you're looking at. So I like to look at it for the last 30 days and then you can kind of times 12 and like that's your year. Uh, obviously, there's some ebb and flow to it. And again, these are just numbers. But once you identify the numbers and you understand the effort and the strategy, you can do a lot of cool stuff. So the first one is your conversion rate. Everyone knows that that's like the first thing everyone wants to focus on is they want to increase their conversion rate. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. There are things you can do to increase it and to lower your conversion rate without doing any changes to your website. There's an asterisk on that number, but it is a very, very important number because just if we're just talking about the law of averages. If you have a 2% conversion rate, and then other two are average order value and sessions, right? So if you have a 2% conversion rate, your average order value is 75 bucks and you're getting like 10,000 sessions a month. You're going to make like fifteen thousand dollars that month. Like that's the math. It's going to work out. And if you go look at all your numbers, and if you pull your numbers and do this and compare it to what you actually did that month, it's going to be pretty dang close. So now with your conversion rate, that is completely tied to your user experience. It's completely tied to the perception of your brand, how valuable it looks to you know your customer, how easy the customer journey is. All that stuff is it just goes back to web design. And I spoke with Val Geisler earlier today, and she doesn't like the term best practices. She likes better practices. So when you are approaching these things with better practices and you build out a better website and say you can improve your conversion rate by 10%, so going from 2% to like 2.2%, with the same average order value and the same number of visitors every month, you've just invented an extra 1500 bucks a month, which is another $20,000 a year at those same numbers. All these numbers can change to your numbers. And I can actually just link to the spreadsheet that I use for all clients in the show notes if they just want to have this spreadsheet that I goof around with this all the time. That's no problem to me. It's just a Google Doc. It's fun. But when you focus on conversion rate, you focus on what you're doing there and strategize on how can we kind of lift this where people are having issues and, and rubbing into issues there. That's going to be super important. And then the average order value is the hardest one to increase. That just comes down to strategically thinking about like how are we going to do bundles or upsells or cross-sells. And sometimes average order value can't change and people are more focused on lifetime value, which is fine. That's a way you can run your business as well. There's no model that is like the one true north. We're usually spending a lot of time helping clients like figure out how to raise their average order value. And then sessions is the last one we approach. But it's usually the first one everyone else approaches because it's the easiest one to manipulate because you can pay ads, right? So, like, if I'm doing 10,000 sessions a month, I can just dump a bunch of money into Facebook or Google and I can double that overnight, right? So, let's just do that with the math that we're talking about here, right? So, we have a 2% conversion rate, we have a $75 average order value, we did some Facebook ads, and everything's working the right way. And there's a bunch of asterisks here. I know a bunch of consultants are going to yell at me saying like, new traffic doesn't convert at the same rate. Cool. This is all hypothetical, but it's the math that makes it work. So <laughs> if we've now we're doubling the sessions. So we go to 20,000 sessions a month at 2% conversion rate, $75 average order value. We're at $30,000 a month in monthly sales, which sounds really cool. right? But if we can actually 
go back down the funnel and we can increase the conversion rate by 10%. So going from 2 to 2.2 because we focused our time and energy there. And we can improve the offer a bit, which is directly tied to your average order value. And we can increase that by like say 10%, right? The cool thing about all these KPIs is they all compound together. I don't think that's the right technical term for how compounding works, but it's how I say it. <laughs> so instead of like a 10% improvement here, a 10% improvement here, and we're doubling the session, so that's a 100% improvement there. Instead of being 120, it's actually a 142% increase. So you have now created an additional quarter million dollars in revenue. Yeah, this is all part of framework that Shopify Plus has enacted called MGM, this merchant growth model. And we dig into these exact things. You know, we talk about acquisition, conversion, retention, and brand strategy, business operations, and then technical solutions to integration. So there's these six kind of key business drivers and the maturity levels of those drivers. I'll link something to this in the show notes. And it comes down to exactly what you're saying about conversion rate. And that's the way I look at it first. When I grab a new brand that I get assigned, I, the first thing I take a look at and saying, if we don't improve the amount of traffic that you're driving, if it's organic, pay, just keep things as is today. What can I do to assist in improving their conversion rate just with the existing traffic? Because that's money left on the table. And a lot of times it comes to, you're right, bundling, upsells, cross-sells. I'd add subscription if your products allow it which helps your lifetime value also. There is things about speed that you may want to consider. There's lots of great tools, minimizing JavaScript and different things, uh, minimizing your images, you know, even even some some great tools that are like edge mesh to really help uh, pre-caching some stuff. There's a, lot, there's a lot of things out there that can improve the speed of your website, which also is the customer experience side, which actually helps the conversion rate. I have a big long list of kind of check boxes and let's go through almost like an audit and saying, okay, we want to improve conversion. Excellent. Check, 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 check. And let's go through them all and let's see what sort of things back to the KPI again. You know, is it measurable? Is it attainable? Like these smart goals, something specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Okay, great. Let's do that. And I find it really impactful. They're like, okay, this is what we're focusing on this month. We're going to improve our conversion rate. We're here. We've documented. Here's the changes we're going to make. We're going to monitor those changes. And then we're going to see what the result is. And then we're like, aha, I trust Steve now. It's working. He recommended some social proof. He recommended to have a better customer experience to add uh, an AI chatbot to get the best questions answered quickly or to get to an agent. Or there's so many different strategies out there. Now, I know you know all of them. A lot of people listening today don't realize that, hey, if you were to just to focus your energy on, you have, okay, you have a store, you have a little bit of product market fit, there's some traction happening, but hey, I want to improve conversion rate if that's the first KPI you want to fix. There's ways of looking at some of the strategies and tactics around that, executing on it, focusing, and then seeing the result and being okay with it working or not working, and then moving on to the next. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, there's one thing I really want to highlight what you just said there is you were focusing on one KPI at a time, and that's how you have to do it. You can't do more than one test at a time. Any conversion rate specialist is going to tell you that. But like, you, you, this isn't really conversion rate optimization or anything. It's just optimization in a general sense. And it's you have to just focus on one thing and improve upon it. And you know where you are measuring things, it's going to get improved. So just focus on specific KPIs and kind of go through the motions and then just keep repeating it. And that's just how you're going to keep growing your business. Now this show, uh, I'm not sure if you realize that, but we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening, both on Shopify core plans. There's a lot of Shopify plus, there's a lot of internal Shopify uh, team members that are listening to the show each week. 
We've also got a lot of freelancers and a lot of consultants and for sure other agency partners, experts and partners that are listening to the show each week. Do you think you could maybe break down a little bit, just uh, kind of from your perspective of what each of those categories of listeners today, what sort of things they should be working on or any advice you can give them? So we have freelancers, consultants maybe, and then agency owners. First and foremost, this is going to be the same advice you're going to hear from Kurt Elster, which is raise your prices. You're probably charging too little double them maybe. I don't know. What it comes down to is if you are actually producing value and you're producing results for your clients, they're going to be okay with paying for whatever. And as you're growing your business, you know you need to kind of go up market. That's how it works. The thing to consider is that cheaper clients are usually the loudest. And as you start to go up market, you deal with less and less headaches. Yeah. The next thing is don't be a generalist. You need to really focus on a particular niche. You know, Electric Eye is kind of niche down and only DTC brands, more lifestyle driven. Uh, and we only really tackle three things, which is like website design and development, marketing and advertising and strategy. That's pretty much all we do. You need to be known for something as opposed to being known for a generalist. So a perfect example to like drive this home is if you've got a hole in your, your roof and it's leaking, you're going to call a roofer. You're not going to call a contractor. So when you have problems with an e-commerce business and your email conversion rate is tanking, are they going to call you know a full service agency or are they going to call an email marketing specialist? You're absolutely right on that. And we talk about that internally too. We, we call them SMEs, like subject matter experts. And I think uh, on the merchant success side, um, when we're interacting with our brands, I mean, yes, we have general knowledge, pretty significant general knowledge of platform and marketing strategy. Fair enough. But there's also team members and experts all around that make decisions to focus. Like for me, it would be SEO. I just, I love SEO and uh, I feel that I have a lot of value to add. Um, that's one of the first things I do with the brand is I actually do a technical website audit just to find the low hanging fruit, 404 errors. There's no craziness of metadata and things like that that just are so easy to fix. That's causing some challenges in your Google crawl, uh, going to what search console. There's lots of things I can do. So I intimately get the SEO side of it. And so obviously I have a lot of team, a lot of people on social media, they're always pinging me because they're like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Well, I'll run a quick audit for you and I'll, I'll tell you what the problems are right now just to help you. Um, and that opens up a dialogue about, oh, okay, let's fix those things. Oh, great. Now that that is solved, how do I do keyword research? How do I, and you can, you can see this conversation goes, right? <laughs> so it just opens exactly. up the floodgates. I got two more tips for freelancers, consultants, agency owners. This happens all over. It, it doesn't matter what you declare yourself. These are applicable all over the place. If you are like depending on referrals for your business, you're going to go out of business. That is a hard fact. Uh, it is the worst way to grow any service business is depending on referrals. But it is also the number one driver of business. So like it goes without saying like referrals are going to be the number one thing you do. But if you're focused on that, and that's the only way that you're getting business, you're going to go out of business. So you need three systems to grow your business. So you're going to need an inbound system. Essentially, content marketing is how we do it at the agency. But just any sort of traditional marketing strategy will work here. So some people do paid ads. Some people do events. Uh, we do a bunch of content marketing at the agency. That's kind of our inbound system. right? So you need an inbound system to get people aware of your business and bring in new clients right? from more of an organic perspective. And then you need an outbound system. right? So this is when you're pounding the pavement, right? So this could be cold calling, cold emails, you know, some sort of outreach is usually wrapped around here, giveaways, whatever, that some sort of outbound strategy. This one's the hardest by the way. Just terribly terribly hard to figure this out and make it profitable and make it work. You essentially need a switch you can turn on 
to get more clients. You need to figure that out. Uh, and that's it's really hard to do. And we're five years in and we're just starting to get it figured out. And then the easiest one to set up is like a, a pretty straightforward partnerships relationship, you know, become partners with other agencies in the space or other technology solutions. And, you know, that's an easier way to get referrals faster than kind of just relying on word of mouth. And I guess just one thing to say about referrals is ask for them. (laughs) People aren't just going to do them if you don't ask for them. That's so true. And then, you know, I think when you ask for a referral after a successful project, I believe they're a lot more open and receptive to want to give a referral because, you know, they that you've done some great work with them and, you know, usually other entrepreneurial friends. And so they almost obligated as part of the entrepreneurial community to want to give back to someone that's done them right. Help, you know, how are you contributing to others? And they want to give back and share what it is that they've got from you. And I think that's a fantastic way to run a business. Absolutely. And then just this is a word of advice for probably a more when you're getting more into like consultancy or agency maybe a little bit higher up the beauty about being your own boss and working with clients and being in more of an agency technology driven service industry business is you can be your own boss and you can work with whoever you want with that being said is you do need to kind of be smart about it so you essentially want to have only enough clients to where if you lose one it's not going to hurt you essentially if it breaks down to like percentage of like your revenue per year is a good way to look at it so the numbers that I've seen out there by like the agency experts are you want one client to never be more than 10% of your yearly revenue. So like your total billings for that one client should only be about 10%. A lot of people are seeing it more with like 20 or 30%. Like if one client's 50 or 60% of your revenue, that's not really a client anymore, that's more like a job and that's terrifying because what if they go away, you're now you don't really have a business anymore. <laughs> you're kind of like looking for help. So with, you know, that 5 to 10% number is really hard to get to. Uh, you're probably not going to get there, but that's like that should be your goal is to try to make sure that you've got a pretty diverse client base. If you lose one, it's not really going to affect your business that bad. So, let's talk about the future of Electric Eye and Honest E-commerce the podcast. I just would love it if you could share with the listeners today any north stars for, you know, now we're in 2021 right now. Uh, I guess I'm thinking things like education, is there a mastermind uh, in the works? Uh, just innovation. Just end of the day, I'm just, I guess, trying to get a, a, an idea of you know how you're going to continue to offer value and assistance for those Shopify brands that are listening today. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about the agency first and foremost. Uh, we're five years in. Shopify has been an amazing partner to our business, uh, and we only work with businesses that are on or moving to Shopify. And without just the support of not only Shopify themselves, but the community around it, like we wouldn't be here. So just shout out to that. Like this is the it's the coolest industry to be in. And it's like why we have so much love for e-commerce is because of Shopify and how they build out the partner community. So we're lucky to be where we are. And we have an amazing team. So we're a team of six right now. We're looking to hire a seventh. So that's kind of a goal for the years to get up to hiring another person and just keep producing good work for our clients. So if you're looking to move to Plus or you're on Plus, and where we really bolt in and we do well is working with clients that don't have internal staff and they kind of need an augmented staff. You know, It's usually when they're going from like 1 to 10 million is where we're a good fit. Once you get up to 10 million, it's usually like you probably should have some of these people in-house, but we're still around to consult, whatever. The agency is on fire right now. We are <laughs> way too busy. And so we're probably going to be hiring pretty fast. So that's it's it's really fun there. So Electric Eye is great. That's kind of the done for you solution. If you're like Chase, you're smart. Your team knows what they're doing. Can you just do this? 
you'd be working with Electric Eye. And we're also focusing on growing what we're doing with Honest Ecommerce. So the whole goal around Honest Ecommerce was to just produce content that resonated with this ecosystem to give value. And you know, it's a it's an easy way for me to talk to whomever I want. It's a great way for my conversations with partners to produce some fruitful content that might be helpful for people in the community. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Like e-commerce is it's pretty you're selling stuff online, right? It's a pretty simple concept. A lot of this stuff that we talk about is is tried and true and it's just we gotta put the content out there and position it in a way that resonates with people's their problems may seem unique, but it's just the way they're thinking about it and you just gotta get the content out there to help them, you know, see the solutions that are already exist. So we're doubling down on content. So we're gonna produce a podcast and a video every week. That's the goal. Uh, we actually have already produced a course. So the number one question we had was like how to do Facebook ads and my response was usually you're not ready. But then they were going to do it anyway. I was like, well, fine. Here's exactly how we do Facebook ads at the agency. This is the exact process for starting a Facebook ad account that we do. So we built that out and we're offering that to people. So uh, that's a fun little thing. So we finally kind of gotten into the info products with Honesty Commerce. So that's pretty fun. We've got a few ideas of other courses we might want to do. Dabbling with the idea of writing a book. And I know you are as well. So maybe we can be accountability partners there. The last piece of the puzzle is I think we're going to launch coaching or like a mastermind type situation. I'm working on how we want to position that. But that one's going to be super fun. You're going to be working with me a couple brands at a time. And the goal there is to get brands that are under a million to over a million just by helping them focus. That's something I'm super passionate about. It'll be something to think about too. We talk offline about this, but uh, using Clubhouse uh, and the Clubhouse app maybe as an opportunity and you can create, uh, you know, private rooms and stuff, you know, and that's how you get together. I know sometimes video through, you know, through, through Google Meet or Zoom and whatnot is interesting too, but Clubhouse has been an interesting opportunity I've seen as of late. Yeah, Clubhouse is insane. Just the, what's going on in the technology world right now is insane. And it kind of pivots to also just the stock market. It's wild. All right. Well, we are, I mean, we talked for like the longest time. We have so much to talk about, but I just appreciate the nuggets that you've shared today. Um, do you have any closing comments or any takeaways that you would like to leave with the listeners today? Absolutely. I'm not smart. I figured all this out uh, by reading books, by cheating, right? You got to work smarter, not harder. Like what you are experiencing with work or life or with your business, someone's wrote a book about it. They've wrote a blog about it. They've had that exact problem before. Work smarter, not harder is like the number one thing I can say. You So just read about it, hire a coach that's been through it. Like hire an agency like ours or anyone else's agency. Like you know, just hire someone that's smart to help you get through those problems. Time is your enemy. <laughs> like you can't make any more time, and it's infinitely more valuable than money. So if you can hire someone to solve a problem faster, you are always coming out ahead. So how can people learn more about uh, Electric Eye, the agency, and uh, learn about your podcast and subscribe to it? Yeah. So uh, if you think that you sound like a good fit for Electric Eye, or if you just want to see if you're a good fit, I mean, I'll talk to anybody on the phone. So just reach out at electriceye.io. You know, you can schedule a call with me or you can just drop an email through the contact form. I'll talk to you and I'll let you know if you're ready or not. Uh, or maybe I might have some good recommendations for you to other people in my network that might be a better fit for you. Um, so that's a great way to get a hold of me uh, through the agency. Uh, if you like the sound of my voice and you want to hear me chat a lot more, uh, you can check out the podcast at honestecommerce.co. That's .co. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter there. Subscribe to your, you know, the podcast app of your choice. Got a bunch of links off there, uh, and you can learn a little bit more about uh, kind of our our other offerings that we're putting out there. I understand that you have an offer that you would like to share as it r relates to your course. You'd like to offer a little discount code for those, uh, I guess almost an exclusive e-commerce Fastlane listener code. You want to share some details on that? 
Obviously, we released the course a few weeks ago, and then immediately that iOS 14 stuff came out. So we're in the process of adding in more information to the course right now. But if any of the listeners want to actually buy the course through the website, there's going to be a discount code, uh, a coupon code that you can put in at checkout. It's going to be Fastlane. Uh, and that's going to get you 20% off the already discounted price. So I believe right now it is listed at 249 So your discount code would knock off 20% of that. And it would get people access to the course immediately. And you can learn how to build out your Facebook ads the way that our agency does. So that'll be ecommercefastlane.com forward slash electric eye. I'll have that that'd be a pretty link. And that's going to redirect uh, to the landing page so you can... Uh, take Chase up on this offer if uh, learning about Facebook ads is uh, in your wheelhouse. And certainly with uh, this uh, update that's happening soon with iOS 14, I'll put a link to that. I have quite a few resources, uh, both internally and externally, about what brands are doing uh, when they find that most people that are Apple owners are probably not going to opt in for allowing people to track their website views and browsing history, uh, cookies and you know, session tracking and all the craziness. So it's like, what are brands doing in lieu of that? And there are some first party and zero party data kind of uh, plans here, but how you can own that customer journey still and still understand the successes of your campaigns, even though the tracking is going to be likely turned off for 80% of people uh, very soon. Thank you once again, uh, Chase, for coming on the show. I just massively, I know we're massively busy, everyone right now, early on in the year, it's always this way. We kind of have this busy time leading up to BFCM, this Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We're a little bit of a lull typically um, as we kind of round out the year. Then, as you know, January hits and then there's new budgets, there's new goals, and people are just really fired up to kind of get things rolling. And so I know your time is extremely valuable. I just want to thank you for getting on this recording today and just sharing your knowledge and your vision and, you know, really giving back to the Shopify ecosystem. Shopify ecosystem has given me more than enough. So I am here to just share it all. I'm a sponge. I consume all this stuff and then I kind of regurgitate it with my own spin. But All right, well, have yourself a great day. You too. Today's episode was brought to you by LimeSpot, the leading personalization platform for high-growth brands on Shopify. LimeSpot increases your conversions and decreases your acquisition costs by using AI to understand your catalog and your consumers. The result is deeper engagement, higher average order value, increased revenue, and strong return on ad spend. You don't have to take my word for it. Trust the Shopify Plus certification. They have over 1,400 five-star reviews on the Shopify App Store and thousands of satisfied merchants. You can learn more about their incredible solution and get started today at LimeSpot.com. Well, a few things before we end today's podcast. Because of the massive popularity of SMS, I've decided to create a free SMS texting community. And it's an incredible opportunity to have direct access to me. No hidden agendas, just honest communication two-way with me. As you can probably tell, I love giving back to the Shopify community. And if being on the front lines of this e-commerce revolution is for you, I'm here to assist in any way I can to help you in your journey with Shopify. You can text me now at 604-210-4199. Again, that's area code 604-210-4199. And you'll be able to communicate directly with me. I think this is gonna be a really cool initiative and I'm really excited on how this is gonna evolve. I'd also like to thank you personally for being a loyal listener of e-commerce Fastlane. It's my hope that this podcast is offering you a ton of value through growth strategies, tactics, and exclusive insider tips on the best Shopify apps and marketing platforms. 
all with my personal goal to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company powered by Shopify. Thank you again for investing some time today and listening to the show. I'm so proud you have a growth mindset and are a constant learner. I truly appreciate you and your entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy the rest of the week. Make sure you text me 604-210-4199. And remember, keep thriving with Shopify.